everybody to this very special Good Friday edition of the Jerick Show. It is my day off, uh, hence I'm in casual today, otherwise normally I'm dressed up really smartly, as you know. But I couldn't possibly leave this show alone to be run by an incompetent oath. So um, let's kick things off. Welcome to the Jerick Show, featuring your hosts, Javad Malik and Eric Krohn. Timely topics poorly presented. Speaking of incompetent oaths, how are you doing, Eric? <laughs> yeah, nice yeah. to see you too. Um, you know, we took last week off, and lo and behold, you start off by 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 going straight for the jugular, man. I mean, sad, sad. Oh, it's James McQuiggan here joining us, friend of the show, and. Also co-host when Javad decides he doesn't want to show up. Nice to see you, James. Yes, good to see you, James. Always thank you for the support to you and all of our millions and millions of fans out there. So uh, we have got a, a packed show today because I was also, uh, I asked Eric, would you mind compiling the, the, the stories for the week? And he just, I think he'd done a Google search saying top cybersecurity stories of the week and dumped everything into it. So we've got a lot to get through. So let's kick, kick things off with a Swiss army knife for hacking industrial control systems. This is something actually uh, James would, would uh, maybe if you'd like to chime in, because he, he spent many a year working for a provider that, that works a lot in ICA. What was that? What was that company name again? I can't, I can't <laughs> So malware designed to target ICS like power grids, factories, water utilities, and oil refineries. So, there's a piece of code built to target not just one of these industries, but potentially all of them. So ICS owners worldwide should take notice. Should they take notice? Will they ever take notice? Because these are really hard to patch, hard to secure. Uh, we still don't know why so many of them are connected online. But when you go and show down, you see like hundreds of them connected online. Um, so what, what do you make of this, uh, Mr. Crone? I think Shodan, it's all uh, it's all honeypots out there. There's not really any ICS stuff really online. It's all honeypots out there to sucker these <laughs> fools in. Um, you know, I, I I think that this is such a danger for organizations or or for countries, for nation states, uh, when critical infrastructure is targeted. And here's the thing, though, about critical infrastructure: it's it's not just cyber attacks that target it. Right. Um, I can't tell you how many times I've seen where like a single squirrel takes down a city grid because it gets into the wires and, and, and burns itself up and takes out the transformers and 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 I mean, this stuff, it, although it's fairly reliable, um, it, it always has these threats against it. What I don't like is that there's been a lot of targeted, um, I, I would say, probing into these systems that we see okay like like they're checking it out they're seeing where they can get into they're seeing how far they can go i i think for every one that we hear about somebody being caught in there's probably five or ten that we have no idea that they've actually gotten in and said okay cool made notes in their little notepad and now they know they can come back to it um so I do think it's a threat. Um, I do feel for the folks that are in this industry, right? We've talked to some people in this industry recently in another podcast. Um, and and they're working as hard as they can. 
um, what, what was the phrase? Keep the lights on and the beer cold, right? Yeah. Uh, we're trying to do that mission while also dealing with this other side of things. And there, it's just not a lot of available resources. That's right. And I think what um, what what's interesting is that the Ukraine war has brought to light how much of a real target these things become when there is a blended war. Um, so, uh, you know, it's, it's something that, that, you know, might think, like you said, they might be in there, but there's no need to, to, to burn that asset quite yet because it could be used for, for something else. Yeah, McQuiggan has chimed in. There have only been seven targeted malware for ICS systems. Interesting bit of fact. Oh, uh, yeah. You know, if you're ever on a pub quiz, James is the man you want on your trivia team because he knows <laughs> the most pointless pieces of information. Thank you, James. And if the attack is successful, it's because of poor security design. Another headline from the Department of the Bleeding Obvious. Okay, <laughs> so let's move on to the next story. What's Thanks, that? though, James. Thanks for interacting. We we appreciate you, even if uh, Javad does not. What's that voice message machine emails push? Info stealing malware. So this is interesting because I've, I've been seeing more and more of these attacks, um, phishing attacks through WhatsApp or other social media. But because WhatsApp is so common and popular amongst the masses, um, it's it's there. Like just a few weeks ago, there was a fake Cadbury's Easter egg uh, prize going on. And, uh, you know, it was like, click here and you can claim like some free Cadbury's chocolate eggs. And Cadbury's actually put out a an advisory saying, no, this is not us. Do not click on it. It's a .ru domain and what have yeah. you. And don't give up your domain. So, so this is interesting Like you see this one um, uh, coming through is a new campaign impersonating the voice message feature. Yeah. And it's uh, it's designed to steal information and it's been sent to many, many email addresses. And I think that's pretty clever because a lot of people don't use the voice features in WhatsApp. So this may be something they're not familiar with to begin with. So they're kind of like, oh, okay. So they may not even be able to tell if things look a little bit off because they're not used to seeing it for real, although they know it exists. So I think it's kind of clever from that side. Um, but I've been getting them too. Like I'm looking at one right now that came from somebody uh, dear, and they forgot to insert a name, right? Dear period. You will be invited to the BTC internal discussion group, Bitcoin. Yay. The group will post daily how to earn 200 to 2000 US dollars in the crypto market. Reply one and click the link to enter pretty smooth stuff right here on WhatsApp. Thank you folks. But we're seeing that come in more and more. And because they can just target a random phone number, Yep. Start blasting stuff out there. They get a list of phone numbers. And who knows? A lot of people use WhatsApp these days. And I know it's more popular in other regions than it is here in the U.S., but there's still a whole lot of U.S. users. There is. And, and actually, the voice feature is used um, extensively uh, when it's cross-language. So mm -hmm. where, like, they... Because um, it's an English keyboard on most people and, like, what have you. So uh, it's really easy. Like, you just hit record and you record whatever voice message it is to someone who speaks a different language and then you don't have to go through the whole translation process maybe one of you is not ah. familiar with how to write it and stuff so it is a very common feature in that regard of oh, course you know good. you might not be aware that there are other languages out there in the world eric but i'm american know, yes, <laughs> no, yes nothing else matters right <laughs> oh look <laughs> and we have um one call can change yo oh look look at this wonderful um 
Oh, that's that's amazing. That's an amazing. So talking about scammers and everything. <laughs> so this is someone who's posted on our Facebook thing. And again, if, if they use the voice message, we would maybe be able to understand it because we don't read Hindi. I assume it's Hindi. That's written here. Yeah, it's an Indian phone number. Nine one is the area code for India or country code for India. Okay. So, uh, so let's phone that person up right now, <laughs> Eric, and ask him one call can change your life. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. Yeah, interesting though how in all honesty how we've been online for what a couple of minutes now and boom we've already got some stuff coming in like that this yeah. is the world we live in folks this is where we're at <laughs> i mean whoa so yeah on a similar note here um you know freight uh, this is a data breach emails used to steal cryptocurrency wallets so it's like hey you've been part of a breach and you know who doesn't want oh my gosh oh okay big deal and then they're going to chase that after they're using that fud that fear uncertainty and doubt sort of thing to get you emotionally riled up and, and they're using it to target actually stealing things like your crypto wallet so this was pretty interesting to me a, a little bit different angle on it or at least a discussion point regarding how the emotional attacks kind of work with this. What do you think, Jawad? Yeah, absolutely. It's like, you know, especially when it's something like your bank or your crypto wallet or something where you're you're worried about it because there's actual hard currency in there. If you get an email saying it's been compromised, here, follow these few simple steps and you can uh, you can secure yourself, then um, you, you're going to want to secure yourself. In this case, what had happened is that the, the attackers had um, hijacked the Mailchimp account associated with with them, and they use that to send out the email. So it was yeah. through their new normal channels, expected channels. The email came in, and then there's an attachment. They download this new software to to protect it, and obviously that was designed to steal their their wallet. So it's a sneaky attack, devilishly clever. Yeah, and well, coming from coming from a known and trusted source yeah. makes it that much worse. That's why, like these Facebook attacks where they go after somebody's Facebook account, people go, ah, what are they going to do with my Facebook? Well, they're going to attack all your friends and family from your legitimate account. I mean, this is why these things are so important because people trust that. Um, and so, yeah, it's pretty interesting. Um, again, multi-factor authentication, maybe to help secure those accounts like MailChimp. I don't know. Call me crazy. Well, possibly, but it this is the email. That comes through. And, and what it is, is that you can see that this is the email that's come through. And because it's come from MailChimp, which they're used to seeing, they've probably whitelisted it. And even if they hover over the to and from and subject, it's all going to look all legit. And when you when you look at it, there's nothing here that is really, you know, it's a, it's a cleverly written one. I mean, maybe mm -hmm. the only thing is that they've written dear customer as opposed to dear percent, first name yeah. percent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, um, but this is this is it, and, and it's like download latest version. So it's not even, you know, there aren't really many red flags you can look out for. So no, it's, it's yeah. a really tough one. It is. It's really clever. It's well done. I hate to say it, but well done, right? Yeah. But anyway, get out. <laughs> yeah, I, sorry, we just went anyway, as if like there's no solution to this, so you're on your own, fellas. But um what, what would you advise people do in the situation when they receive an email from their provider saying that there's been a breach? Look, if there's a if there's a latest version, if it's driving you into an action like this, it all comes down to the call to action here, right? Download the latest version. Instead of clicking something in a message, go to the website or go to your client and see if there's a new version available through that update process. Don't 
just don't go clicking things in messages that you get, especially emails, regardless. I mean, that's just a bad, bad form right there. That's all. Yeah, I think I think that's the best thing to do. It's like go to the website off the party, go to the Trezor website, look for announcements or what have you, see if there's anything there uh, before going down there. It's something we can say easily because it's we live in this paranoid world, but I think it's it's something very difficult for the average person to 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 really bear in mind and to you know be mindful of. So. Well, it's a lot easier just to hit the button and, it and is. quote unquote download, right? And so if you follow the BJ Fogg principles, you know, we're lazy, we're creatures of habit, and we're you know, we're social, we're creatures of habit. The lazy part comes down to we don't want to do more work than we have to to accomplish the goal, which in this case is just clicking the button. Yeah. Um, and you're right. We live in this paranoid world. We're kind of used to it. But for the average Joe, maybe not so much. And I would like to point out, though, amazingly enough, you actually agreed with me. And it's all here recorded. GitHub can now auto block commits containing API keys, authentication tokens. About freaking time. <laughs> and that, this was in there for a finally sort of story like wow okay it's about time we started doing this because how many times have we seen these kinds of tokens dumped in a github repo you know or uh, hard-coded or, or coded in passwords dumped in a repo that ends up being catastrophic um so i i'm kind of glad to see this happen yeah yeah it, it's good it's so, so actually, Microsoft also released uh, another feature last week about auto updates or auto punching, and mm. um, so it sounds like they're, they're they're actually making a push across the the estate to try and eliminate some of this low hanging fruit for a lot of the organizations. So, uh, well, after a while, to... yeah, you see the same culprit over and over and over again. Yeah, it's like okay, clearly just having the people do something isn't working. And I, I hate having to put, I, I really don't like putting controls around too much because then you get in, you, you know, at some point in time, this is actually going to impact somebody negatively, right? There's going to be some people that for whatever reason in a, in a testing API or something that they, they want to publish this up there and it may impact them negatively if they've enabled this feature. And again, it's, it's a feature you have to enable as I understand it. Um, but yeah. you know, it, ultimately at some point in time we have to we have to attack this we have to take it on and we have to try to fix it now we've seen things where the government has gone through remember they were patching people's exchange servers for them a while back yes. remember that yeah. right yeah. and and so that's the stuff that's like the slippery slope i don't like to see is when um we start getting more and more down that road of people doing things for you like modifying your code in github um but it is needed. Now, if we can only come up with something that auto secures S3 buckets, we, we might have a chance. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so I think it, it's 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 more about, so there, there, there's a few aspects to it. What, one is the designing something that's secure. So secure by design. So people just can't, don't have the option of doing that. But that's to your point. You're, you're putting guardrails up on every single action that, that you do. Which, which is fine. I think in, in some cases you need that, but in other cases you, you need to give a bit more freedom because it, there's that needed. I think the second step is rather than going then full hog and like you said, changing people's code, you raise the flags to them through whatever channel is like, are you sure you want to do this because this, this, this? 
are you sure you want to do this? Ask them three times. Just, just be really sure that they're, they're fully aware of the actions they're taking or, or whatever that might be. Or, or flag it to the admin or the account owner within the organization to say, hey, we've seen this many GitHub's repositories that, that your, your developers have and this many have these things in it. Maybe you want to take a look at it. So it, it's about like, providing some of it is about stopping the action some of it is providing the right act, uh, the information so people can make the informed choice as to whether that's something they actually want to do or not yeah yeah i agree um but uh, do you agree we yeah we we are making steps forward in some of this stuff when it comes to security especially when it comes to things like passwords and you know if you look at what's happened with a lot of home routers or iot devices as opposed to back in the day where you would connect to it and the default password was admin, admin or admin, nothing right now, in order to set up the device, there is no admin password by default. You have to actually go in and you have to create some sort of a password at the time of setup. Otherwise it doesn't let you through to the next step. And that is actually to me a pretty big deal. And it, it's showing that we're making a difference. Um, and, and that, you know, the vendors are listening a little bit more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, listening, being forced to listen, losing business, I don't know, whatever way you want to put it. <laughs> um, where have I put the thing now? Uh -huh. Hacking forum raid forums shut down and founder arrested in global police operation. UK-based founder, Diogo? Diogo? Diogo. I'm American. I can't say it. That doesn't sound like a UK name. But anyway, <laughs> extradited to the US on charges of conspiracy, access device fraud, and aggravated identity theft. What is aggravated identity theft? I love how these how these uh, things come up. But um, the the raiders, the raid forums, hacker forum used by cyber criminals to primarily buy and sell stolen databases have been shut down and its domain seized by US law enforcement, uh, coordinated by Europol and law enforcement from numerous countries. So this is a good thing, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. it's uh, refreshing to see some law enforcement actions actually happen. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so the dude was, Diogo was uh, arrested in the UK in January, accused of running the forum while established a membership scheme where the users of the site could pay for access to chat rooms. And this guy is wasted. If he just built a legit service, he could have gone to RSA, got funding and, you know, become a millionaire already. <laughs> yeah, so, you just need a VC pitch. Um, yeah. You know. <laughs> nope. Have been arrested. One of them, a 21-year-old UK citizen was arrested by the NCA in March, <laughs> but has been released uh, under investigation. Uh, police officer seized a whopping 5,000 pounds in cash. Wow. Uh, thousands in US dollars, probably that too then, and put a freeze on crypto assets worth more than half a million dollars. Okay. That's and there it is. Yeah. <laughs> there <laughs> it is. <laughs> We're not busting people down for like five grand here, five grand there. Um, then you throw in the crypto side of things, and that's where it's all gone off the rails. Yeah. Um, yay, crypto. I know. So related to this is uh, the UK charges 210 is linked to the Lapsus Hacking Group. So, yep. um, yeah, so they've been released on bail, but, you know, a 16-year-old and a 17-year-old. 
Yeah, and, we uh, talked about this a few weeks ago. That's about, right. You know, about this coming down. Um, I find it interesting that they were released, um, you know, but I, I don't know, I guess because they're young or whatever. Yeah. Um, but again, it's refreshing to see some actual law enforcement stuff happening with these sorts of groups. Um, we see every day, so on, you know, stuff goes on all the time and nobody ever seems to be held accountable for it. If people start getting busted for it, it's going to be less tempting for them to take up a life of cybercrime. Well, you say that. Well, when people when they hear about people with a half a million in, in a crypto wallet, it's it's tempting for, you know, even the most, you know, untemptable teen. Well, if I'm not mistaken, the, these teens, this teen that got busted there, also UK, <clears throat> uh, had like a million or more, several million dollars in crypto accounts as well. This uh, from, from the Lapsus group, if I'm not mistaken, I don't remember the exact number. But it was a whole lot for your kid to have in there, you know, and you got to wonder yeah. if the parents are like, oh, wow. OK, look, he's got a. we just won't talk about this. We think he's he's making his money as an influencer or a gamer. We're just we're just going to go with that, by the way, you know, love the new ride outside. I, I don't even know. <laughs> Maybe he wasn't flashy with it. Yeah. Cool. Anyway, that's what was the end of our stories, unless you have any other stories. So are you going to RSA, Eric? I am not going to RSA. So we can't do our pitch for the the, the big data 2.0 thing. Yeah, sorry. No, uh, having that Achilles surgery, so I'm, I'm in no no shape to be running around at RSA. Or You're in no shape to be anywhere. So with that, we'll <laughs> wrap up for the day. Uh, thank you very much for joining us. Uh, we will see you again next. No, we won't see you actually. Yeah, yeah. Next no, I think we should do this. I think we should do it from uh, from Orlando. From oh, so next week I'm flying over to Orlando. And there's no before con, so we'll both be there, and yeah. um, and then we might find a space in the rest in the restaurant in the hotel we're staying at in the resort we're staying at. Or oh, do you remember like it was an RSA like two years ago when we first started recording these, yep. and we were like like rearranging the furniture in the in the hotel room and we were recording at 11 p.m at night or midnight yeah it was just like a, a mess we had uh, tom uh, popping up behind the couch tom langford and and there was that towel over the mystery stain in the couch if anyone goes back and looks room, at that it was your room yeah <laughs> no, we, we were both trying to avoid that like, <laughs> that's that's how it all started folks 83 episodes ago and uh yeah okay so james says he's going and wants us to do the podcast live next friday so i i think we should do it from there maybe he'll he'll, he'll be the pop up from behind the couch every now and yeah, then we go. well we will have we'll, we'll have a lot of people there that can can be on the show honestly we could do like get to a round table or something Ooh. and on that bombshell see you next week folks goodbye